0: Hey everyone, what's up, what's going on? I've got another episode for you today with Chris Reed, an SEO specialist, digital marketer, content creating guru. And all around good guy, he is building a international business out of a base in philippines and also working out of cambodia there is a ton here for those of you who are in the same boat as me of being interested in digital nomadism lifestyle businesses online entrepreneurship there's a lot to be taken away from chris's story today and some pretty cool insights he's also got a contest that he's offering to listeners that we give you some details about at the end of the episode so you want to make sure you stay tuned to that if you have not already done so, please make sure that you are subscribed to this show on whatever podcast player you're listening to. And also make sure to subscribe to our email list at goingdeepwithaaron.com, a once-monthly newsletter of quality, curated, digital content just for you. you. don't want to miss it, and you don't want to miss this conversation with Chris Reed. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming on my show, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Aaron. Really great to be here. The
0: uh, the beauty of technology is that we are connecting across the globe. Are you in Australia? Is that accurate, Chris? Uh,
1: no, it's not quite, but I'm closer to there than where you are. <laughs> I am Australian. I'm originally from Brisbane, Australia, but I'm in one of our offices in Phnom Penh, Cambodia.
0: Wow. So let's start off by talking about what you're doing uh, out in Cambodia, what your office's responsibility is. We mentioned in the intro that SEO is kind of the umbrella that you could identify your company underneath, but that can be a very nuanced, uh, there's a much more specific explanation of what you guys are doing. So let's start off by a little bit about what Ardor Media Factory does.
1: Yeah, so we we got two brands, Ardor SEO and Ardor Media Factory. Uh, The reason we have two is one is for retail SEO. So for businesses who need help with their uh, search engine optimization. And the other is for SEO companies. So we're really kind of the SEO outsourcer. So we've got two offices, one here in Cambodia and the other in Davao in the Philippines. And I kind of flip between the two. And, you know, people in the West just can't compete with us on price because, well, living in Asia is a hell of a lot cheaper than living in the US or Australia or the UK. So our costs are significantly less. And so, you yeah, know, we can beat them on quality and price. So they tend to end up just, well, the competition end up coming to work with us. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. So how did you choose Cambodian Philippines? Maybe let's just take it back a little bit to the genesis of your company. How did you identify these as locations where you wanted to conduct your business from? And what attracted you to this digital marketing content creation space as a opportunity to start a company?
1: So a lot of it uh, was happenstance, really fell into it. Yeah, I'm a software engineer. I used to live in London working in the financial markets Uh, Then the financial crisis came around and I lost my job, like most developers working in the financial markets at that time. But, you know, I had a big bag of cash, so I went backpacking for a couple of years and rather enjoyed myself traveling the world. And trying to work out what the hell I'm going to do with myself. And I started, you know, developing this game to, to learn web programming. That was really all it was for, an experiment. And as the game was getting finished, I went, well, how the hell do you get people to a website to play it? And so I started learning about SEO. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time who was Russian and she said, well, come and uh, move to Russia. And, yeah, sure, why not? But uh, my Russian language skills were pretty primitive at the time and it was really hard to get a job. And so well I had to make money online. And so SEO became the thing. And one really fundamental part of how Google works is uh, backlinks. So a backlink is like from one website to another. And you know anyone that's doing SEO really needs needs these. And being a software engineer, I love building systems. And so I built a system, develop backlinks and manage backlinks for my customers. And I thought, well, who else needs backlinks? Well, SEO companies. And I found myself a little niche and it worked out splendidly.
0: So when you were kicking things off here, was it just you? Was it a, was it a one-man solo organization? When did you get to a point and how did you how did you get to a point where you started hiring staff?
1: So uh, pretty much straight away hired staff, but uh, virtually. So a guy that still works for me today and still online, I still never met him. He's been working for Ardor for about seven years now and maybe eight. And he still works online uh, developing backlinks. Uh, I met him through Odesk, which is now got another name i don't use it anymore but uh, i I hired him through that and you know he's been great and i hired quite a lot of filipinos and the three main filipinos that were working for me i asked them i said well where's the best place in the philippines i'd never been to the philippines and they all unanimously said Davao. i went okay cool i'll go check it out and i assumed that they lived there and so i was like oh let's go grab a beer and not one of them was in that city i was like well that's (laughs) <laughs> Crazy, but it it fit it ticked every box I needed. So that's why we opened the office there.
0: Gotcha. So uh, walk me through a little bit about how, of how your products and your service, or maybe it's a productized service, has evolved with your company. Just your basic understanding as your knowledge has grown, but also as your organization has grown. How have you scaled and how have your productized services changed?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we... Built software. I mean, I built software to start with, but then we built a software team and continually enhancing it to make it better quality. And what I've found is the better quality that we have, the higher price points we can achieve and the bigger customers we can get. And so that's constantly our goal is to continually measure what we're doing and try and add more value for customers. And that seems to be what's working and driving our expansion.
0: How have you had to develop your business skills? Your background was in software engineering and definitely had the technical expertise to be successful in this industry, but how did you go about building business skills? Were you flying by the seat of your pants? Were you reading any books? What were you doing to develop that?
1: I, I 100% both of those. I, I read like crazy. I mean, I've got a huge library. I buy books all the time because that's the only way I can learn. I, I don't know. Well, I didn't know anything about business. I mean, in fact, last so we got a real accountant recently this year. Uh, we should have got one a lot earlier, but I'm always been focused on making money and building the business. And and so she she's an American here here in uh, Phnom Penh, and she was looking at our books and going, "This stuff just does not add up." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, showing me and going, "All the Philippines like payroll and money going into social security and stuff that doesn't add up." And and I was like, what? Well, there might be some mistake. And everything pointed to our office manager in the Philippines. And I was like, no, nah, she wouldn't be stealing. And like I vehemently refused to believe. Her. I was like, no way. Like she she might have made a mistake, but there would be no, nothing malicious. And even flew over to the Philippines to see her and see what happened and talk about it. And then she broke down in tears and like, oh, I've been stealing money for. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> And it was was quite a significant amount of money, and and so, you know, it hurt, but more it was the trust that was gone that hurt, but... Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning business. (laughs) It's the long end of the
0: stick. Yeah. Yeah, And it's certainly a constant process of just iterating and and you're never going to have it all figured out. There's always going to be something new to learn for sure. I'm curious if looking back, if you had any advice to give to the Chris that's nine or 10 years younger, right as you were kind of kicking things off, are there any lessons that you wish you could teach them, or advice that you wish you could give that would have saved you some headaches, saved you some some obstacles outside of don't trust the office manager with all the
1: money. Yeah, I mean, I mean even that, I, I it's not the it's not the first time that something like that's happened, and I would try not to let it affect me too much. But uh, certainly be patient. Don't try and rush and expect everything straight away, and probably don't be so damn cocky, you know. When I speak to my entrepreneurial friends, one thing that we, yeah, you know, we're all in our mid thirties and we generally go, man, if you knew how hard it was, <laughs> it's like, would 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 you do it? Because <laughs> it, it, when, it, when you're starting out, it is really tough because you, you don't know what you're doing, you know? It's like, you're, you're guessing every edge of the way. Like I'm a software engineer. I know how to build really good software. I don't know how to do any of the rest. The rest was all learning and so try and surround yourself with good people that you can learn from, even people that have different skills, that's handy. I mean, people stay a little bit too niched, like as I'm a software engineer, most of my friends are software engineers. And so, you know, we can all talk about software till the cows come home, but it'd be really nice to have some friends that are in marketing and, you know, some more sales people and you know, different friends that can, you know, guide you in different ways, Yeah, so... And know there's mastermind groups. I'm, I'm a little bit shy and don't tend to join these sort of things, but I, I think that they'd be really beneficial. So get out of your comfort zone and talk to other people, I guess, is the end story there.
0: <laughs> I like that. And that's uh m- very much the impetus for starting a show like this, learning from people who are doing these type of interesting careers, building interesting businesses like yourself, Chris. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about the Arter Media Factory specifically, so we talked a little bit about SEO, but I'm curious about when uh, the Media Factory, which is really focused on content creation and content marketing, when that became apparent that that was something that you wanted to add to your business and what significance it plays for businesses. There's probably people out there that are wondering what's the difference or why is that a service that would be important to another company.
1: So the basis of how Google works, right? Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, uh, invented the PageRank algorithm and it crushed all the other search engines. Ones you've probably never heard of, like Excite and Alta Vista, and you know, Yahoo used to be a player. What he figured is like, when you write a book, people that reference your book, the, the more people referencing your book, the more of an authority you are, which is true, right? You know, If you're a doctorate and you write a thesis and everyone references you, then yeah, you're the man. And he figured, well, that must be the same with websites. The more people that are linking to your website, it must make you the authority. And especially the more people in your niche. So if you're a butcher and there's all other butchers linking to you, then great, you must be the best butcher in town. And that's still how Google works. And so where you get links from is good quality content. And so what we do is produce tons of tons of good quality content to... Keep adding value to the internet, adding value to the person's brand. You know, content that people want to see and look at and link to, and you know, that Google's going to pick up and love too and increase your rankings.
0: Are those videos, blog posts, podcasts? What type of media specifically? Uh,
1: so yeah, everything. I mean, certainly a lot of uh, blog posts, a lot of PDFs, uh, infographics, videos, everything. You name it. I, I haven't got the statistics for for this year. But last year we did 8 million words. And I think like the the average novel is something like 100,000 words. So we did like 80 novels. <laughs> it's, so that's a fair bit of content.
0: <laughs> and are you basically, your staff is, is creating a lot of this content. How are you overseeing it from the standpoint of if, if someone is contracting you to create this content for them, maybe they have, I don't know, let's make them up, a... Uh, Uh, kitchen appliance company and they want to create content around tactics in the kitchen cooking techniques uh, how do how to use different uh, different utensils and things like that what are your guidelines in terms of this is the type of content we're looking for this is the length this is the quality because this is something i've become aware of as i've produced the podcast more and heard more people talk about the significance of it but for other people out there it's hard to wrap their mind around the significance of why or like what type of content is actually going to get them traction. And there's, I'm, I'm sure that you come across as people say, well, make something that will go viral or make something that will blow up in people's Facebook feeds, and that's not always the case. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I sure if you've got skills to do that, then yeah, fantastic and good on you. Get amongst it. But uh, most content's not really going to do that. You know, it's so things you can do i mean there's different techniques and different ways you can do it so there's tools you can go and find uh, broken links and uh, get those fixed for people so a a great uh, way is scanning uh, university resources so uh, a lecturer might put out a course and uh, have links to all these resources and over time over years they you know, links disappear, sites disappear and get broken. And so you can go to that lecture and and go, well, you know, you've got a link to this resource about kitchen appliances and that link's broken. Here's another link to a similar article about that. Would you like to use that? And boom, now you've got a link from university and great. Another really good method is, uh, say someone's got an article, 2014's best kitchen appliances. You know, so it's got... You know, the best blender in the world Well, it's 2016 now right and so blenders have got all these new whiz bang features and so you can have an article that's got all of the 2014 stuff plus what's happened in the last two years and you go to them, hey you're linking to this site with you know 2014 information would you like to update it to my site which is you know 2016 and so now you got they've got you know the most relevant information and you've got a great link
0: do you get much pushback on those type of requests where you're offering your page as that resource or are people pretty agreeable to updating their links to keep their site and their resource current?
1: Oh, I mean, it depends how you word it. And sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. I mean, it, so many people get so much email these days. It's hard to come across <laughs> as, that, you know, there's still so many spammers out there. It's hard to break through the noise. But certainly, yeah, you can definitely, because you're helping people, right? You're adding value, so people are happy to have value added
0: Gotcha. Uh, I want to start wrapping up here, Chris, before we hit the last couple questions. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, uh, you mentioned something earlier in this interview that when you talk with other entrepreneurial friends, there's kind of that idea of if we'd known how hard this was going to be, would we still have done it? And the implication there, and, and just the fact that Art is over eight years old now, is that you've kind of emerged from startup phase and are now an established company. That doesn't mean your day and your week isn't without headaches, but you've kind of reached this different point. I'm curious if you could just give us a little bit, a uh, little bit about what your responsibility is now with the company, how much you've handed off, and what type of lifestyle or day to day, week to week that affords you.
1: Uh, so I spend a lot of time traveling. Like I was just in California for a month, and now I'm back here for a month, and in the Philippines next month, and in Australia the next month. So I kind of bounce around, which is nice. I am in a managerial position I speak to some clients I have sales guys that speak to most clients uh, I, I get a synopsis of what's going on and I lead the charge which is a nice place to be you know whilst I was in California I was working with some great uh, content people and you know people I can learn from and people that we're working together to develop great content for our brand so you yeah, know we're, we're at the next level now which is good we thankfully have money that we can afford to hire people to train us in things that we don't know how to do
0: cool well it's a it's a good place to be and i appreciate you sharing the story i think the audience will take a lot away from it i know that you also have a contest offer for the audience
1: for sure yeah as a uh, special thank you for having us on the show i'd like to offer a competition for you guys to win a website audit so uh, Google, with ranking uh, a website, there's over 200 uh, met- metrics that they measure to determine where your website should rank against your competition. And so that's everything from uh, site speed, your architecture, your metadata, your internal linking strategy, your outbound links, your backlinks, uh, click-through rates, bounce rates, everything. And so we look at every one of those features it's a hell of a report, comes out to 60 to 80 pages worth of data, depending on, you know, the quality of your site. And it's uh, hugely valuable for anyone that has a website and wants to rank it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a competition that's for all of your listeners.
0: And how do they participate in it?
1: So, uh, we'll give you a link in the, in the show notes, but it'll be ardorseo.com slash podcast.
0: Cool. Uh, as you mentioned, that will be linked to in the show notes. Appreciate Chris giving that opportunity to the audience to participate. I can speak to a good friend of mine and previous guest of the show, Jason Miller, uh, the founder of Active Cities. I was actually just getting coffee with him the other day and he was talking about how he went through something very similar to this and how much he's taken away from it, how much it's going to benefit his business to get someone to come in and really analyze what he's doing, has this background in SEO, and and going to help his website and his business grow in a meaningful way. So this is something that if you are in this space can really have a positive impact. I encourage you to participate if you fit that bill. Chris this has been great. I, I'm excited to be providing all this information to the audience. But if people want to learn more about you, about Ardor, what digital coordinates can we direct them to to just connect with you?
1: Uh, best way, I'm pretty old school. Email's good. Uh, Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, at Ardor, dot com.
0: Awesome. As always, that will be linked to in the show notes at goingdeepwitharron.com slash
1: podcast.
0: Best place to get the notes for this in every show. Chris, it has been a blast talking to you. I want to give you the mic one last time so you can take it away with your personal challenge for the audience.
1: Uh, So one thing I would recommend is doing something that you're scared of. Like, I'm pretty camera shy and... I've recently been making videos for a new sales funnel that we're putting together, and I was shit scared of it, really. I was, you know, having nightmares and going, oh, "No, this is going to be the worst thing ever. But we are out, we out today filming all day, and I just loved it. It great, and I can't wait to see how this funnel goes together and it's going to be amazing. And so I challenge you to just find something that scares you and don't limit yourself. You know, just get out there and push the limits.
0: I could not agree more. I had a similar experience where I was filming video for a Kickstarter campaign, and I think we must have thrown out something like 80% of the footage because it was just not really usable. It was it was uh, nerve-wracking. It was my first time in front of the camera like that. But it's definitely something where if you have the diligence, if you stick with it and commit to getting better at something that is really outside of your comfort zone, you're definitely capable of doing that. So it's a great challenge, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I uh, hope that everyone will go and check you out.
1: Cheers, man. Well, thank you very much for having me, yeah?
0: Yeah. We just went deep with Chris Reed. Hope everyone out there has a great day. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode with Chris. A lot of insight shared and a really cool opportunity with that contest at the end. I encourage you to participate in it and follow the link in the show notes at goingdeepwithaaron.com podcast episode 122. Damn, 122, that's a lot. Pretty exciting how far we've come in just over a year. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And thank you so much for subscribing, tuning in to all our forthcoming episodes. They'll continue to be quality if you continue to listen. Thank you so much.